Hey guys, welcome to the Reaching While Teaching podcast. It's your host, Janine Alacia, and I'm just here reaching people while teaching them how to live their best life. Welcome back for another episode. I'm so excited that you guys are tuning in. As you know, we are now in the season of freedom over fear, and today's episode is going to be a good one, y'all. And guess what? We have a special guest with us. I am going to have her go ahead and introduce herself. Welcome. Hey y'all, my name's Nina. I'm an award-winning trademark attorney and financial literacy consultant. How y'all doing? Hey, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show, honey. All right, all right. We're going to get into the episode. So today, y'all, we are talking about are trademarks really that important? And I thought, you know, if I'm going to talk about this topic, it's only right if I bring Nina on the episode, right? It's it's only right. Mm-hmm. So I want you, before we before we even get into the topic, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself, a little bit more about what you do, and, you know, just a little, just a little bit, get the people just a little bit. All right. So my name is Nina Spear. Um, I attended the illustrious Howard University for undergrad, where I majored in psychology and French. I know, how did I get into law? But it was an untraditional path to get to law school when they were looking for unique people. So it was very helpful to have a unique major. I've taught over 20 plus uh, CLEs, courses, workshops, business owner workshops, whatever you can name it, um, about trademarks. And I have I've been able to obtain two Amazon bestsellers, one for my Dear Future Lawyer book for pre-law school students and one for Dear Future CEO Ronnie, which is for people who are business owners trying to find their path. Yes. Listen, so so she doing it, y'all. I know y'all heard all that she is doing this, so she definitely knows what she's talking about. So y'all, y'all going to be in for a treat for this episode because you're going to learn a lot. So make sure you take me in notes. Make sure you're listening very closely and you're you going to enjoy this. So we're going to get, we're going to get right into it. So I always ask this question to everyone at the beginning of every episode. And I, I want to know your answer. When you hear the phrase freedom over fear, can you tell us what comes to mind? Ooh, so for some reason it comes to mind that we need to like, be in charge of our own destinies. Like, I think a lot of times we're afraid. Um, like for me, I was afraid to start a law firm. And I think that being in charge of your own destiny means also being in charge of how much money you get paid per year, being in charge of your success, being accountable to yourself. Um, that's where the fear comes from. And I think that if we advocate really for freedom, and we understand that freedom is going to take strategy and planning and being consistent, then we won't have the fear. But I think the fear is grounded a lot of in our own laziness. Um, when we get complacent, when we get basically held back by our own selves because we don't feel like it, right? And this, I don't feel like it mindset is destructive to your success. Because, I mean, who else is going to feel like it but you? Who else is going to love on your business but you? And if you are not loving and taking care of your business, if you're not loving and taking care of whatever work you do for a living, because you don't have to own your own business to be successful, but if you don't do it with pride and joy and a sense of, you know, excellence, then why are you doing it at all? Because at the end of the day... It's not a good productive use of your time. You're not feeling fulfilled at the end of each day. And that leads to unhappy realities. And that 
really leads to a lot of mental health struggles later if we don't embrace the fact that we need to actually come alive with whatever we do in life. So I think the freedom is knowing that you have the ability to do something that brings you joy instead of doing something that just brings you money because money mm -hmm. does not bring happiness. Ooh, say that again. Yes. But, but I will say I want to find out for myself. So go on, bring the money. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am with you. <laughs> so, okay, that was a really good answer. I love that. I love that. I love hearing different perspectives when people come on the episode. So, all right. So let, let's get into more so your expertise now. Um, can you break down for the people, what what is a trademark? Like, how would you explain that in common terms? What is a trademark? So I like to tell people to go find something in their house that's name brand i.e. Uh, your Orville Redenbacher popcorn, your uh, Starbucks cup, because I got a Starbucks cup in my hand faithfully, or whatever, and look for that circle R on that item in your house. And when you see that circle R, that's really what companies are putting into place in the real world that you see every day that you never knew had to do with them protecting you from being basically duped by people who would counterfeit their product. Um, I like to think of trademarks as a source identifier. You can see a check mark any day of the week on a shoe, and you know that's supposed to be a Nike shoe. And if it ain't a Nike shoe, Nike don't sue. Mm -hmm. But the hardest thing about trademarks is that a lot of people think that just doing plays on words is enough. And if you play on someone else's brand, right, you use their words, then you're not really coming up with something unique, right? You have to be able to create a word like Google, because before we searched on the Internet and said, go Google that, we said, go search the Internet browser. So your goal is to be a word or a phrase or a logo or an image, right? Because <laughs> we can protect images. We can also protect sounds like it's something that just by that thing alone it identifies the source of a brand. You don't have to say your name or nothing. You know how like you like let your name st stand on your name? Mm -hmm. That's what a trademark is for you to stand on whatever it is that is a source identifier for your brand. If I eat pears, my skin gets itchy. Parents should help us celebrate every part of us that makes us different and unique. I love the new book, Chanel's World, because I learned that it's okay to have food allergies and still enjoy many other foods. And most importantly, it's okay to be different. Chanel Young wrote her first book at three years old with the help of her mom. And you can get your copy on happybirthdaychanel.com or on Amazon. That's good. That's good right there. Plain and simple and straight to the point, y'all. So we so we all need to start trademarking some things, right? Mm -hmm. So other than, you know, what you said um, recently, what would there be any other reason? Like if someone's listening, they're like, but why really should we trademark, you know, things, whether it be ideas, products, whatever it is, like what would your explanation be? Like, why should we trademark things? Well, let's think about it like this, right? You get your brand up and running. Everybody loves your products, right? And then there's this Etsy store or eBay store that pops up and they're selling the exact same product with the exact same name as you and marketing it as if it was yours. But they're selling 
an inferior product. That means the product is not as good quality as you, and it causes people to break out in hives and rashes, okay? And you did not create that product, but somebody has used your namesake, right, to be able to defraud people and counterfeit people. Mm. Now, the serious part of trademarks is that it's oftentimes more understood when you think about it in the drug industry. Imagine somebody coming up with a counterfeit drug or a drug that's a copy of the actual drug, and it's not the same thing. And imagine that same thing being put into medicine that you use to save lives. Well, and that's some scary stuff, right? So on the business front, the same thing can happen to your business. You can lose integrity with your customers. You can have people thinking that you're associated with something that's not your brand at all. If you don't want the Teletubbies associated with some very weird acts on TV, you got to make sure you protect that. And a lot of people don't think about it like that, but people will use your brain your brand the the way that they want to as mm. long as you don't protect it they will try to monopolize and make their own thing or their own spin um as long as they have opportunity and you can see this by etsy stores you can see this by amazon stores where they're a reseller drop shipper mm. you see that happening all the time i've seen one of my books on Amazon being resold for $84. Do I get the $84? I have no idea. But I've been seeing <laughs> a book of mine and people buy it just to resell it. So there are people out there putting out your product and making profit on you already. So why give them license to do it? Why not have the sword and the shield to be able to protect yourself? Wow. Now that's a good topic. And I, and I like that you're bringing that up because, you know, I'm, you know, me being, you know, what I do, <laughs> helping people with books and all, that's a good, um, that's a good observation because Amazon does do that. And I noticed um, when you do specifically the um, expanded distribution, like you can't really control where it goes. They, they just, they, you know, they, put it out to their partners and this on like I remember my first book I saw it on like some random sites and I was like wait how did it get on there and they were and what you said is true they were selling it for a higher way much higher and I think they do that because they end up having to pay Amazon and they have to pay you so technically is that that's that's legal right what if they sell your book for a hundred dollars like you, you have no say so in that do you mm -hmm. you do not and that's the thing, like, you know, and I, I, I've used Amazon KDP. I love it because it gives you autonomy. But I like Ingram Spark because I feel like I'm more in charge of my destiny. So we can definitely have a whole author talk one day because y'all need to, you know, talk to Shadeen about this book, Coach. And I just told somebody about you today. Um, and it's really important to understand that booksellers are usually the most victimized because when your books become trending, Oh my gosh, people want to resell, drop ship it all day. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting there like, okay, but how do I get the money? <laughs> what, what agreement did I sign with Amazon to make this happen? And that's when you have to really go back and look, what do I own? And what do I have the rights to protect? Mm, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole nother topic, y'all, for a whole nother day. Mm -hmm. Um, but that that's serious. And yes, as authors, we gotta consider that. We gotta make sure we know what we're signing up for. Um, so that kind of leads me into my next question. Cause some people, I feel like some people listening may be kind of a little confused, like when it comes to trademarking, like is it do you trademark ideas? Is it only products? Is it service? Like what specifically can you really trademark? So I tell people 
the easiest thing for me to say is no, you're not supposed to trademark an idea. But there is a trademark application process that allows for you to trademark something before it comes to print. So technically, you can't trademark ideas. You really do have to put it out there. Um, but we still waiting on Blue Ivy, the infant baby products from Beyonce. But yeah, she still got an active trademark application. So basically, if you have a product that's about to launch, and a great example of this, right, is Purple Urkel, everybody's favorite, Jaleel White trademarked his cannabis merchandise brand and he was able to do so but he did a 1b application he used bigcartel.com so y'all probably have heard about that to sell his goods he had three products on there and that's what he screenshotted to send to the uspto and then a 420 of this year he released his uh well 420 of last year he released his purple urkel brand but he mm -hmm protected it a whole year in advance from his launch. So he had already filed the trademark, got the, the stuff up and running. And so by the time he revealed it to the world, it was protected. And right. a lot of people can do that, but a lot of people, right, don't think about their brand in like in three months time, I wanna submit something or in six months time, I'm gonna have something. They think about their brand, like I wanna do it now. Mm. And what you have right now is great, but a lot of times you don't even know if the wording or the phrases are going to be accepted to the trademark office. So the 1B application that I walk my, my clients through helps them circumvent that process. They get to find out if the name and the things that they're going to sell are going to be protectable at all before they put all of this effort into making your brand. Versus some people, they go ahead and protect the brand, say that they're already selling it, and their actual brand is not protectable. And they end up, you know, in litigation or lawsuits. So the question is, are you willing to do the work to make an idea, right, something worth trademarking? It's not really about can you protect the idea. It's about what you're going to do to make your brand noticeable. What's your brand name? What's your brand logo? What's your brand slogan? Mm. What is, you know, the phrasing that you don't want anybody to use going to be associated with your brand? Do you have a stage name or a nickname for yourself? Is there a specific smell? Play-Doh has trademarked the smell of Play-Doh. It is a vanilla musk cherry scent. So next time you <laughs> go smell your Play-Doh, go see if it smells like that. And then <laughs> AKAs have trademarked their sound. Like their whole, I'm not going to do it because I am not a member of Alpha, Kappa, Alpha Sorority Incorporated, but they have trademarked their sound. If your brand has these elements and you haven't protected everything, then you want to listen to Pinky Cole when she was talking about trademark everything because she trademarked almost everything on her menu or filed a registration for it. Wow. And she might not have gotten it all back yet, but she filed at least 29 items. If you ain't even got to the, 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 the double numbers for your trademarks, you might be a little bit far behind because the bigger companies, Starbucks, the Nikes, all the ones that we all love and protect, like they have 200 plus or 800 plus applications filed because they know that every brand element must be protected in order for you to monetize it and enforce it against other people. Wow. Ooh, that was good. That was good. Listen, so y'all got y'all got some homework to do. Y'all listening. Y'all she just gave y'all a lot. She's getting y'all a lot. She even broke down different things that you need to consider when it comes to your brand and your business. So I hope y'all taking notes since I'm over here with my little pen. I'm taking notes. I ain't playing. <laughs> we got to make sure everything is covered and protected. So, it, okay. So how do you, what do you specifically do to help your clients, Nina? 
So the one thing that I started, which was back in 2020, because y'all, I was lost in the sauce my first two years of practice. I was like, come on, get a trademark. And they were like, why? And I was like, because you need one. And they were like, no. And that was it. Um, but in 2020, I invested in a trademark coach of my own who um, is in Atlanta. Her name's Dana Thomas Law um, and Dana Thomas Cook because she's married now. But she was helping uh, attorneys actually learn how to better navigate conversations with clients. And what I realized is that education is a missing component of the mm. process. So a lot of the times my clients actually appreciate um, the education I provide on the trademark process and different things that they didn't know about the application, about where their application is, the communication along the way. Um, instead of just, you know, filing it like a legal Zoom, if you will, we actually give you phone calls and let you know what's going on, let you ask questions, you know, figure out on brand strategy what you can be doing in the meantime to mm -hmm. better help your application. We collect the evidence to be able to file your application with ease because why should you have to learn how to screenshot your website and figure all those things out so that the UP USPTO can be happy when I can do it? Why should you have to, you know, do it wrong and risk an office action when I can do it right? And a lot of clients really appreciate how thorough I am with the search. The biggest thing that trademark attorneys charge for is the search. The search is the only way that I have learned to be able to prevent a negative application. I have mm. used my search results and you can go by my search results cold. If you listen to the advice and recommendation that trademark lawyers give in their search results memo, you will actually be able to see, right? If you don't listen, that thing play out. And I really tried to perfect my search. It's so good that I will be able to predict the exact company that will have an issue with your trademark before mm -hmm. you press. And I can tell you about it beforehand. And a lot of people don't know that. So they're just like, well, Nina, I looked and I got my trademark, girl. You know, I went ahead and filed it on my own. I said, yeah, but replicate it. Tell me how you did it. And you can't because in order for you to tell me how you did something, you would have to know the process. You would have to know the rules. So if you luck into getting your trademark, that's amazing. I'm proud of you. But like <laughs> be, on, be, under, be on the same understanding that if you try to protect something a little bit more risky, you might run into a whole different battle. And that might not be a battle that you're ready to face alone. And that's what I tell people is like, look, man, I, I don't fight for nobody's time. I don't fight for nobody's money. I tell people simply as this, if you don't believe that my time is worth paying for, then you probably not ready for a trademark. Because at the end of the day, like your trademark is not something that you can afford to not ask questions about. It's a 12 to 15 month process and not having anybody to talk to for 12 to 15 months about it, that can be a lonely process. And not only lonely, but your friends don't know what the rules are either. So they're giving you advice that's not necessarily helpful. And You're right. you only get one chance to respond to the office action before the USPTO sends you a final one. So it's not it's not really a game to play with because it's your money. They don't give you your money back. And that's what I tell people. They don't give you your money back. So why go back and forth with them thinking that you can have an email argument with an organization <laughs> that's not going to do it or a phone call argument with them and they're not going to listen to your side of the story. This is just like court. You got to submit legal proof. You got to submit evidence. You got to follow the rules. And if you don't know the rules and aren't willing to learn them because they do have learning resources on the website, then you're going to have to get an attorney. Hmm. 
That's good. That's good. That's good. Listen, listen, I hope y'all taking notes. I mean, we, we can't try to, you know, shortchange ourselves and just try to do something real quick or try to be cheap because being cheap ends up being expensive, y'all. So that, that that's what I really got from everything you saying. Like, you want it done right. So I, I love the aspect that you take as well with your clients that you educate them, which is huge because people feel like you can educate them and you're an expert. And you can actually teach them some. Then, of course, they're going to want to work with you. So what... um. What would you say to those listeners that are, they're struggling with like where exactly to start to protect, protect their brand? Like what would be like a big word of advice that you would give them as some lasting, you know, words of encouragement or even just like specific steps? What would you say to them if they're struggling with protecting their brand? That's a great question. And I say this in my trademark, your brand masterclass. So y'all come back in here anytime you want. We have those monthly, but it's not your fault if you don't do well on your trademark exam, like your trademark application, your process. It's not your fault if your brand doesn't find success right away, okay? It sometimes is a season, right? When you are trying to get into your, your mindset, sometimes you have to make mistakes because of ignorance, but it is your fault if you find out that there's people who can help you and you choose, right, not to get the help. It's always somebody willing to help you with something that you're doing. Yes, there may be a fee attached to it, but there's always someone willing to help you. I can tell you from personal experience, like I have a speaking coach, an author coach, a systems coach, and I've even had myself a trademark lawyer coach. And every single time I have asked for help when I needed it is when I got clarity. So it's But don't let it be your fault that you don't ask for help because that was the hardest thing that I did. And if I asked for help a lot sooner in my practice, I might have been further. Um, had I invested in my coach when I was struggling, like figured out how to get a credit card so I could pay for her, her program, maybe I could have paid a little less. Um, but my point is this, like I had to figure out what my path was. And I had to lose out on stuff. There were trademarks I couldn't file. And there were rebrands that I had to do for my own company that I don't want you to have to go through. And because I know what it's like to be an entrepreneur, a business owner who's had to change everything, I want you to tell yourself this. If I get the information and I don't apply it, then it's just information. You got to mm. do something with the information you get. So don't just sign up for master classes. Don't just enroll in courses. Don't just do the things that you know you're not going to take the time to do. Invest in a done for you process because one, it's not requiring you to do as much work. And two, a done for you process takes the onus off of you for a lot of the stuff that you don't know how to do and gives you the tools that will allow you to be successful in the things that you do know how to do. So if I can tell you anything, it's just don't be afraid to ask for help, okay? It's not your fault for not knowing, but it is your fault if you don't use the resources that are around you. And there are so many people in your phone that you could call today that could help you out of the situations that you're struggling with right now. And all you can mm. do is pick up the phone and call. So. Call somebody who can help you today. If you didn't have anybody to call, call me, call Shanine for author coaching. But like call, because if you call, 
then you get yourself out of the same rat race every day, doing the same thing, wasting the same money, figuring out that you can do more for yourself. You can have different conversations. You can email me and like, Nina, should we send a cease and desist? We absolutely should. Like, that's a different conversation. You can have a teammate and teammates allow you to have your own strength. So that's all I got to say is I wish somebody that was good. That was good. Listen, y'all asked for help. Listen, you got an expert on here, y'all. We got the we got the trademark queen on here, y'all. So she will get you right. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I, this was this was amazing. This was amazing. Tell the people where can they where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Awesome. So you guys can find me. My name is Nina N-E-E-N-A underscore R-A-N-I on Instagram. Or if you just type in my name, it'll be in the show notes. Nina Spear, you will literally find me. Um, I also like to end this with um, a disclaimer that no representation is made that the quality of legal services provided is greater than that of the other lawyers. And this is not considered legal advice, but gems of wisdom. So I just want to thank y'all so much for attending and come to my trademark your brand masterclass. If you ever have any doubt just go to the link in my bio and you can get a master class or a discovery call and we can talk through this stuff together yes thank you so much for coming on yes i i enjoyed this episode and as always you guys make sure y'all go out and live your best life you can connect with me on instagram at shanina lacia s-h-a-n-i-n-e-a-l-e-s-s-i-a Thank you so much, Nina. Yes, thank y'all. Talk to you soon. Bye.